Hey everybody and welcome back. In this episode, I am back in the studio for the first time since our inaugural episode with the other half of the Ready Room, your co-host Keith Phillip. You know him better by his nom de guerre, Chunks. Chunks and I talk uh, about the show up to this point and I get his opinion on the uh, episodes that I've done during his hiatus. We talk a great deal about where the show is going and what we hope to see more of heading forward. We also get into how our early efforts look when compared with our original conception for what the show would be. In particular, we wonder about whether the show can remain apolitical in a world where everything seems to be politicized. A lot of chunks in my offline conversations going back years now delve into political thought. And it was from those conversations the show had its origins. So it was interesting to ponder whether we can remain true to ourselves and stay above the fray. And I'm not sure if we answer that adequately. You can be the judge. In any event, it was great to get back in the studio with my colleague, co-host, and my dear friend. And so without further ado, welcome back to The Ready Room. Well, Chunks, Bart, man, great to see you again. Great to be back. So, uh, in the studio, uh, joined uh, as always on occasion by my mainest man. Sixty-five percent of the time, I'm here every time. <laughs> I was about to say that the Sex Panther himself, <laughs> Keith Phillip. You know him as Chunks. Uh, it's great to have you back, man. The Ready Room, right so where we started, right where this whole idea started, and just uh, as fun as the first time. Exactly, exactly. Well, until we start throttling each other mid. Uh, uh, mid show, and that'd be great. You haven't said uh, anything I don't like so far. Yeah, I know, right? That'd be uh, Ming. Just make sure the camera follows us as we uh, <laughs> as we rumble. We'll try not to break anything. <laughs> uh, so, well, um, I, I thought let's start um, by uh, by talking about the show so far. So we we came up with this idea. You know, it's been it, it probably happened uh, at the end of last year and our first show was in January. So it's, it's just, it's been uh, not quite a year now. Um, and we've had, I think I've got eight episodes up now and that includes my, my initial talk with Ming. Um, and, uh, which I love. Yeah. And, uh, so I, I think we probably envisioned more than that and that's fine. Uh, I think we've been, uh, I've been finding my voice, but I thought I'd get your take. You've listened to every show so far. What do you think about the show? What stands out to you? Well, I have to say, Bartman, that when you say we came up with the idea, I get a little uncomfortable because this is your brainchild. And I think my role in this thing has been to be your best antagonist. I mean, our conversations, uh, they go so far back on every different level. And I love this, you know, when we talk about building the Dakota as one end of the spectrum to psilocybin at the other end of the spectrum and everywhere in between. And we always have these great lengthy conversations, but uh, may maybe that planted the seed, but I want the listeners to know how hard you've worked to make this all come together and <clears throat> what a great journey it's been. Um, and I've been a spectator for the most part, but happy to contribute in any way that I can. Uh, how does the show look to me? I think it looks fantastic. I mean, what I marvel at, and I, and I listen to uh, so many different talk radio shows across the spectrum uh, as well, and I think to a man or a woman, they all talk about their um, difficulties coming up, how they learn the business, and they look back at the mistakes that they made, and they 
uh, and they marvel at their success, <laughs> you know, when they're built on that foundation. Yeah. And so I try to frame that. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know a lot of those um, the early efforts those folks made. So I, I have nothing to scale it, but I but I do view our uh, endeavor in that context. So I look at it and I go, man, are we doing the same thing? And then I just think, no, you're you're like an expert interviewer. The way you talk with these folks pulls information out of them, keeps them on track. But it, but you're not, um, you don't interrupt when they speak. They can complete a thought, and so often on talk radio that doesn't happen because the time constraints, I imagine, are. You know, create a lot of pressure in the discussion. So it's kind of superficial. This is not superficial. It's deep and, and it pulls uh, the full idea out of a person. And then <laughs> the other thing I marvel at, which I got a little nervous when you sent, you know, the lineup for today, like what what's what ha- what's affected your worldview lately? And I'm like, uh, my kids and the occasional uh, TV show, <laughs> like Last Man Standing made it back on TV. Woohoo, yeah, I'm ready to go. So, no, man, but um, you're so well-read that when these experts in their fields provide commentary, you're walking step for step with them in the idea arena, and I think it's fantastic. And so when I when I listen to these shows, which I – I drive everywhere. You know, we've got long commutes, so we both appreciate the value of a book on tape. But for me, the go-to is the is the podcast, is the ready room. And so just listen and I listen again and it's like the first time and I was telling you about the one interview where I was like, man, that I love that. That's just a lot of great ideas. And the next time I'm like – I was a little more critical of it because I think um, having digested it the first time was – mostly about the success of the ready room and then the second time I'm like no I want to dissect these ideas a little bit more so but the point really is Bartman that your efforts have laid all that down and made all that possible so I I think that uh, the the levels that you're reaching with the people you've interviewed and the way you conduct the interview is right at our mission statement to provide civil discourse and for everybody to come away taking something from the discussion I'd say you've hit that mark. Well, so first off, there's so much in that. Thank you. Um, you've disarmed me a little bit because I'm uncomfortable with flattery. <laughs> Sorry. So, yeah, you Sorry. should have ended that with, uh, but you've got a lot to improve on. Like I said, <laughs> your number one antagonist right here. So, yeah, that's so funny, man. Um, well, thank you uh, <clears throat> so much. So, it, it, let me start by saying that I, it's, it's funny. I'm, I'm glad you said that my interview style is something that you think is, is a, a positive for the show because – uh, I have worried about that. Uh, I'm finding my voice a little bit when I'm talking to the people. But you, you, you hit it. Our mission statement was to listen with a with a critical but open ear, right? I mean, it's it's all about coming from a place of mutual respect, and uh, and so I think I've I've tried to do that. I've tried to just let people talk, which you know uh, seems to not be the norm nowadays. It's it's more about shouting people down, and so I've tried to do that, and that's good. But uh, and you even gave the Air Force guy some shit. Yeah. Which I really Yeah, I well, I had to. That was fantastic. Yeah, it, it was. It was great. I kind of uh, wished I was in on that one. <laughs> it's all right. He was good. He gave two. It was he good. Did, he, was. <laughs> he took it right back. Yeah, he put it right back. Yeah, in. so uh, wouldn't have it any other way. Um, 
Yeah, that's when you order a shot of tequila and milk for the uh, other side of the of the BOQ. <laughs> that's, right, that's, right, that's right. Yeah, you're just like uh, or the O Club. Yeah, and I'll just... take the tequila. <laughs> so um, yeah, now I've had people. I will tell you. I think in the beginning, a good friend of mine. By the way, I'll just tell you that a good friend of mine. I was asking him what he thought, and and he's listened, and he said, "Well, Bart, I'm just gonna be honest with you because he's a great antagonist for me too." He goes, "You, you sound like you're wearing a." A turtleneck sweater, and it and it's bugging me. <laughs> I said, and I remember thinking, I was like, yeah, that would bug me too, man. I don't want to be wearing a turtleneck sweater. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. Um, but I, I think I was probably, and I, and I was like, you know, you're right. I'm trying to kind of probably be a little more. I'm, I'm taking it seriously, which is what I, I hope to do. But I also have to be myself, and and we have to be ourselves. Um, and so, yeah, I probably was listening to a little too much Sam Harris at the time. Yeah, well, <laughs> and, uh, listen, Bart, I, I, I'm going to be honest. I, I've I've had the same thought, you know, because this side of you that we that I really hadn't seen all that much in our discussions at the squadron, where we're in uniform, yeah. you know, we're at the bar uh, in jeans and t-shirts. But you're running step for step with these what I think are fairly um, accomplished intellectuals, and the discussion goes to that level. But so at first I was, I don't want to say trouble, but I'm like, Hmm, this is kind of a part different than when I thought we were going to end up where, you know, you've got the roughneck and the intellectual, and we're going to talk about building Dakotas and, uh, you know, life in the ready room. But we are, but then I thought, so what, man? So what, this is great because each individual podcast will have its own flavor. And so if the flavor – when you're hanging out with guys that are predicting – when you're hanging out with futurists uh, is is that you're wearing a turtleneck, then so be it because that's the level that you're talking on. And and I thought it was great after that. you know. So I think it's a matter of perspective and I think uh, over time we're going we're gonna to appeal to everybody because we're going to hit all the wickets that we set out to hit. Yeah, so you're right. I think he had a point. I probably was in the beginning trying. And really, I think he, he was talking about my introduction, which was, you know, I, I record that intro oh, right. and outro. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, yeah, I think you're, you're trying to. And I probably was. Oh, I like so I've, I've got I know I kind of like it, too. I've, I've just tried to be a little bit more uh, informal in, in the way I say it. I've gotten better. There's a little bit of a script there, and that's that's OK for the intros. But yeah, right. But yeah, you're right. And so but I want to go back to, to the beginning part of what you said, Jones, which was, you know, you get uncomfortable when you say when you say we and I'm just going to tell you straight up. Absolutely. Don't feel uncomfortable. You're right. This has been a little bit of a brainchild for me. It's something that I was passionate about when we first talked about it. I remember just thinking, yes, yes, we need to do this. We need to do this because it's it's a way of of us getting these kind of thoughts out there for people to hear um, that is that is more effective and more manly, frankly, yeah. than a than a fucking meme on Facebook. There you go, people. Did that sound turtleneck to you? So there. Um, then a meme He's on Facebook. He's not wearing a turtleneck, yeah, by the way. No, well, I, I'm wearing a vest with a pocket watch, so I'm, I'm guessing that right now people. <laughs> That's better. Yeah, people. Are like, yeah, you're still, you're still a hipster, Bart. There's, there's no flair in a turtleneck, man. So. Um, yeah, and so I, I, that was my thought: is hey, how do I, in this in this world where Twitter, you, you can get on Twitter for only so long before yeah. you are angry for the rest of the day. Yeah, right. And so, and it's uh, all quips. Yeah, exactly. There's it's no just intellectual who can get over rigor on there. What? That's right. Yeah, and that and that is what we talked about when we first started this. But Chunks, what I guess I'm getting at is I. 
and I, I wrote this down before I came here. It's we, we had this mission statement. We came up with it together. We came up with the idea together. Yes, I put the nuts and bolts to it because you work basically four jobs is what I call it. Um, and you're busy. And so and meanwhile, I've just stepped away part time uh, of my work. I just walked away from a six figure salary, basically. And we can get to that later because I, I you know, I rest my head at night and I wonder what if I'm doing the right things. We've talked about that. But the bottom line is I cannot I cannot do this alone. We cannot do this alone. You, you have to be alone for the ride in my in my mind. I can't do it. I told I told Ariana that. I said, hey, I can't do this without chunks. That's the whole point of the ready room. And she said, yeah, you're right. Um, so because she she even said, well, maybe if chunks is busy, you could get in there and talk by yourself. I was like, I can't can't do it. I won't. I'll just sit there and be like, uh, anybody, anybody, you know, echo, echo, <laughs> and I'll stop talking uh, because that's I'm not stream of consciousness guy. But anyway, it, it's both of us and we have to do it together. Well, here we are. So here we are. Well, and that leads me <laughs> to the other thing, which is you were like you even said you're like, hey, this is a little different than what we envisioned as part of the ready room. Right. With what we're doing. And I think that's really only because we have only been together once. In, in this so far in the yeah. studio. So here we are again. But the the interview parts of it, um, I have loved and I do love interviewing people. I, I mean, I and I've always been like that. I, I, I cannot stand <laughs> I can't stand conversational narcissists that talk and talk about themselves and never ask you a question. Yeah. It, it, you have to ask each other questions. That's right. part of having a conversation. <clears throat> um, and and I in my life, I've seen too many people that don't do that. Like at some point, take a breath and go, I've been talking, Bart. What do you think about yeah. that? Instead, they'll just keep going. They listen they'll to just, respond if they even get up, to up, that up, point. Up. That's right. Yeah. So uh, and I and so the interview part for me is great. I love asking people questions. If you tell me you um, you farm chinch bugs for a living and we're on the plane together, well, then we're going to talk chinch bugs for the rest of that flight. Yeah. Whereas someone else would be like, oh, OK. Well, that's that's what comes out. And that's why I think personally you're a great interviewer because you have that natural curiosity. But for a lot of people, that natural curiosity is where it ends. But you're conversant. You know enough about chinch bugs because you've been around wherever it was. You found out about chinch bugs to at least bring something to the conversation that you can build upon. And I think that's pretty amazing. And, I, you know, it could just be that you're a great show researcher. You come to the interview. That well is a part read. of it, of course. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, but – but you're going through the process. It isn't like it's any different than if you had spent five years just in love with chinch bugs and read all the chinch bug books. You know, the irony would be if if, if chinch bugs was the show, <laughs> we probably would have our audience already I don't even built know what in. The hell chinch bug is. <laughs> is that a real thing? I think it is. Like a widget. I, when you said you're, you know, I, I laugh because uh, you know, caveman listens to this all the time by the way uh-huh. and uh caveman's gonna laugh when he hears chinch bugs because he's the guy who told me about chinch bugs <laughs> and uh and how that could be a money maker i just was laughing so uh, caveman if you're out there i hope you are bugs. um here here you go man so but the bottom line is i think i guess what i'm saying is yeah research is a part of it but you're right that curiosity um but if I get, that's what I was saying. The the irony here is that if all we did was talk chinch bugs, we would probably have a built-in audience, right? There's probably a, oh, enough yeah. people out there yeah. that, that are interested in chinch bugs. That's right. And they're going to be like, wow, the chinch bug hour is on, you know, and yeah. they're going to come. So when I talk to a guy who studies psilocybin, uh, Frank Diana, um, the futurist, uh, and then the guys at Screaming Hill Brewery, uh, and then a guy who authored a book on leadership. Well, that, that's, And then a guy who survived the bomb going th- that's to this right. platform. That's right. 
Wasn't that awesome, by the way? <laughs> um, and 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 I and I do that. I, I, there's no built-in audience for that. You have to just want to tune in and listen to different things. Right. And I I I I think that's kind of what. And I'm going to ask you the question. So I want to keep doing these interviews. I actually hope that you do a couple interviews because I was thinking, well, you know, Chunks would be a great interviewer too. So maybe there's some people out there that you know that you would want to interview and, and you can come in the studio and interview them and, and that'll be a show. And I hope you want to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to do that. But where do we uh, – where do you see the show going? Because you're right. When we talked about this, it was going to be us kind of having the exact same conversations we have, uh, you know, either – you know, sitting in the ready room at night after mission or at the bar, um, you know, when we're on debt somewhere that, that is exactly what I want to keep having. And then I just wanted to, to, to have the other part of that as well. So that maybe there's a core, you know, there's that core thing that we always come back to, which is you and I complaining about the world, um, and, and figuring out how to solve problems and then realizing that we're not going to solve them. And that's fine because that's all. <laughs> not part that of we the couldn't because yeah. we could <laughs> and have uh, <laughs> provided yeah. solutions anyway. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, so I, what, what, where do you think the show, where do you want to see the show go, uh, both with us and with the interviewers and, and, and what ideas do you have? Well, I want to stop before I answer the question and, and say to you that uh, we extend well beyond the chinch bug crowd. And I know this by the number of texts and emails and phone calls that I've gotten from colleagues and friends that have that have dipped into the ready room. I don't know if they're regular followers, but plenty of people, um, some of which have been surprising to me, have found this thing on the internet and put a listen to it. And I think that that's pretty amazing. I mean, the metric is getting the word out there, right? So the word is definitely out there. Um, I don't know if it's been your Facebook uh, blitz, uh, word of mouth. I'm not sure how it's happened. And and honestly, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because for me, the result is when guys go, hey, man, I saw you on the ready room or I heard you on the ready room and I think that's pretty cool or this or that and I, you know, about this show or about the way things went. And to me, that's a pretty amazing thing. And when you consider <clears throat> that we're sitting in Eatontown, New Jersey, and uh, we're in this small room with this big brain guy named Ming over here that came up with this idea, threw it together, a camera, a couple microphones, and we're – what did you say? We're at 47 countries? 42, 42 I think, 42 last count. I haven't checked in a couple of weeks, but 42 countries. I, <laughs> think about that. Yeah. The magnitude of that. Yeah, the former Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia. <laughs> We're big over Has there. Listened to I, 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 yeah, I just, I'm amazed every time I see it, but you're Wait right. Wait till they find out we're going to talk about Chinchbug eventually. <laughs> it might be 92. but That's going to have to be a tag on the show, Chinchbugs. Yeah, right. <laughs> Chinchbugs. I don't know what they are yet. I should probably get my phone out. But all kidding aside, Barman, that's reach, and that's amazing. And that, you know, number one, when you consider um, the power of the internet and just how far you can spread an idea – and number two, when you when you put your message onto that frequency band that's going so far abroad and, it, and it's a good message like we have where we want to return to a civil discourse and we, and we offer respect just for showing up with an idea, we're not offering agreement for damn sure, but we are offering respect in a forum for you to put your idea forward. <clears throat> that's an amazing thing to me, man. That's an amazing thing. So – where do I want to go from here? 
well, in my mind, I want to keep doing this because for me, this is the soul of it. This is the the most enjoyment I get is just taking what we've always done and putting it into a public forum so that people can see us discussing ideas because anybody that's been around us knows we don't always agree. <clears throat> um, but nonetheless, we've remained close friends throughout that because w- I have great respect for you. Uh, and, and that's an important – that is the most important byproduct of this. So I want to keep putting that respect onto the airwaves that you can have in a, in a, in a discussion. <clears throat> I would like to get into the interviewing uh, you know, side of it myself. I'd like to be able to sit down with some interesting characters and have them tell their tale. Uh, f- for me, as you know, the last year has been challenging with lots of downs and some r- pretty great ups uh, overall, like anybody, but it's taken more time than I anticipated. I mean, in other words, some of the things that entered into the calculus in the last 365 days sure as hell weren't there when you and I started talking about this. Well, I feel like I'm kind of coming out of that now. And, and then my own retirement is looming. Once that happens, I'm going to have a lot more white space. So, yeah, I want to I want to do some interviews and I want to do some tag team interviews and I want to continue to put that message forward that uh, we want to hear what you have to say on interesting topics that are just cool. Because I think at the end of the day, w- w- what did we start with? Bartman, yes, yeah, civil discourse, but we wanted to talk about this cool stuff that, that people don't really talk about or, or hadn't thought about talking about it. And then we'll bring it to them and, and, and show them that there's a lot of interest to be had uh, on some unusual topics that you might not have otherwise thought about. And I'll be honest, man, anybody that knows me from my history on the jobs, <clears throat> you know, working in EMS is I'm not a really big fan of the drug counterculture. In fact, I pretty much hate it with every ounce of my being. But that psilocybin discussion was really interesting. And when you um, – it broadened my horizons. Yeah. That's, I'll leave it at that. But that's exactly what I want to accomplish. Isn't that great? Yeah, because it, it broadened mind as well. Uh, one, you know, Matt is just what a, what a nice guy. <laughs> I mean it's about our age. He's probably a little bit younger than us. I, I just wanted to hang out with that guy. He just was such a nice guy. And, and you're right. I mean when he starts talking about these things that we – you know, that as a society, we equate with, you know, bad people um, because, you know, that's how we're raised, you know, with the um, and, and and I think that there, there was a part of that upbringing that was good. There was goodness to saying, hey, don't don't do that. Don't do that. It, it's good to hear a an actual, you know, a doctor talk and, and say, hey, look, there are uh, there is another side to this that is useful in the right context. And I'm like. And, and I'm sold. I was like, Matt, this is amazing. And, uh, you know, I've learned a lot. And that is – if that's not exactly what our mission statement was all about, right? I mean, yeah. it's just great. So I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that. Um, I want to go on a sidebar just for yeah, a second dude. because what I thought was amazing as I listened to that interview again was – I mean it's literally been probably 25 or 30 years since anyone's done any – real in-depth research in that just because the flavor of it was distasteful. And I mean, like, I can't remember Tim Leary. Was that his name? Oh, yeah. yeah so yeah. The, I honestly don't know much about him, but I gathered that uh, he kind of went off the deep end and used that, you know, for self-aggrandizement, mm-hmm. um, got the money, did the research and made it what he wanted it to be and kind of tainted the science when yeah. there were so many quieter voices saying, no, don't do that. This yeah. is, there's, this le- there's legitimate work to be done here. And then the price for that was a 25-year hiatus in useful work. Very interesting to me the yeah. way that that came out. Yep. Yeah, me too. That was one of the most fascinating parts about the whole thing. So, 
Um, yeah. So when when we talk about when I thought it started talking about the future of the ready room with you and we had this conversation the other day, um, I was thinking of basically the, my idea is that, that you and I are the core of this and that I think one, we need to be more regular, uh, in order to continue to have people keep coming back. Right. So if they find us through one of these interesting interviews, uh, but then the other interview doesn't maybe appeal to them, then they go away. Um, maybe if there's a bunch of, much more content than they stick and they listen and they go, okay, hey, I like what these guys are doing uh, and they subscribe. Um, and so I think that regularity uh, would be probably key. And I think that maybe every other week for right now would probably be doable, uh, interspersed with interviews and then you and I. Uh, and like we talked about um, the other day, we could probably do that via Skype if, if, uh, your, if your calendar gets too full. And yeah. that's that's easy. That's an easy day. I can come in here. Mink can set up a, a <clears throat> Skype anytime, and and uh, and we just do it like that. But I think that if we could do it every other week, th- then that would be probably good for right now as we as we continue to build up. And then what are those conversations going to look like? So, you know, one I talked about. Um, we, you know, I mentioned you know, probably focusing in on something like a book that we've both read, uh, a movie or a TV show. Um, how to build a Dakota, how to build a Dakota, which you've been talking about. Gotta do and, this. Yeah. And so, um, <clears throat> all of those, you know, so maybe some, some, uh, some cultural things that we, that we individually, um, um, uh, consume and then talk about, you know, here from our different perspectives, you know, that, that was one of the things that I think would be great given how we think differently on so many things. It would be awesome to, to say, Hey, let's, let's read this book. You know, it sounds like an important thing and then talk about how, what we came away with from that book. Right. Yeah. And I think that would be awesome. And it would lead to, into other conversations and sidebars, like you said, you know, so, uh, and the, sometimes those sidebars are the best things we yeah, know yeah. that we go down a rabbit hole and then we're trying to find our way back out, you know, and it's just like, <laughs> how sure did we get down here? Yeah, again, right. It's dark down here. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so yeah, I, I, I thought that would be a cool thing to uh, do. Um, uh, talked about getting some of our, our friends in here, our mutual friends, uh, you know, Marines that we know uh, that, that might have something to say. And, and, uh, and I think that would be great too, because that would be more like a ready room conversation. You know, yeah, right. Brought in, but you know, I, I go back. You know who I really want to get in here, and he and he has said he would love to do it. Is Bill Apple, Father Apple? Oh yeah. Uh, because I I think it would be a great conversation a to gunship driving priest. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so um, he's he's conquered the uh, the physical world and the uh, spiritual world. Yeah, <laughs> this master point. of the duality, so, of man. Yeah, it's. Uh, but but Bill said he would he would do it. Um, and so uh, and I think it, I always I thought that would be a great to have a conversation about um you know the, the those big questions you know epistemological matters where you're you know what you know what when you try to answer those big questions who who's on the better path you know is it is it uh, religion or and i mean religion as a as a broad thing um or or science and you know i come at that from from the perspective right now you know that um that probably they're, they're closer than they they imagine both sides, you know what I mean? Because even even if you get to something like, you know, we talk about it. If you get to something like the Big Bang or even the multiverse, right? It's still just an epistemological jumping off point. Yeah, right. Because you can forever go, yeah, but but what about 
before, you know, yeah. and, and, and of course, well, I don't know that humans would ever be able to answer that, but, uh, but, you know, I, you know, Bill is so smart and, and, uh, so when you talk to him, you, you just know that he's going to come at you with just the, the most incredible amount of information from both sides, because that's how they study. Uh, and, and I just would love to get his take on, on what he thinks and how science relates to religion and where, you know, and, and answering those big questions. And it's the question of our time. Yeah, yeah. It's the question of our time. I mean, we, we spend, and first off, before we go down this rabbit hole, let's talk about, again, the Skype and the, the great enabler that the Internet is. Yeah. That if we can't be here, we can still all three be together. Uh, by way of an electronic link, and I think that's an amazing thing. And it, and it, again, it puts it puts our message onto the bandwidth and sends it out into the world. To me, is amazing. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, the question of our time: science versus religion. And we could that could be better than the chinch bug hour. We could just have the science versus religion hour if we wanted because yeah. it's a never ending topic. But, at, at Endgame, guess what? You're going to probably come up with more questions than answers. And it, in fact. Frankly, if you follow the scientific method, that's the whole damn purpose of it. Yeah. Right? So um, I would love to get Father Bill in here too. And it's very interesting you mentioned the Big Bang because I just listened to Michael – I think it was Michael Medved the other day who was uh, talking about how the scientists in the 60s, maybe 50s were so disappointed when the Big Bang became a, uh, an accepted theory because it, it gave it a start point. You know what I mean? There was um, – they didn't have grounds anymore for uh, argument. It was, a, it was a known start point and it, it recognized then at the start point, what do you have to have to have a start? You have to have somebody that made the start. Yeah. So it kind of framed it toward a religious bent. I just thought it was very interesting uh, how he was teasing out the bias of even the scientists at the time that yeah. were advocating yep. either pro or for, uh, against that idea. but. Acknowledging at Endgame, the Big Bang requires that somebody to kind of flip the switch to make the bang happened. Yeah, very interesting stuff, man. Again, it, it, again we're touching not even the wave tops. No, but. yeah, and I'm you know I'm just probably neither of us. We're, we're philosophers at heart, but not philosophers by training. And so when you yeah, really right. get to those things. I, I guess the difference with us is that we want to talk about those things, right? Some people get frustrated. They'll start talking. They're like, ah, "What? Ah, look, it's just this. This is red. Just that's it." You know, and you're just like, <laughs> "No, but I, examine that for a minute. Is it red? You know, what is color? It's all, yeah. it, you know." And and then they're just like, "You know, shut up. What are you?" And, or my other favorite one: never talk about sex, politics, or religion. oh yeah, yeah. Like, well, and as a younger man, I was an adhere to that. I'd like, oh, I could just keep things. Cool. And I'm not, like, no, nothing this has done is done more harm. Nothing has been more <clears throat> harmful to our just, yeah. society. Than Absolutely. the idea that we should not talk about religion or politics, and uh, I, the problem, of course, only and the reason that is out there is because as human beings, we are we boy, do we cling to those stories we tell ourselves in a way that that gets us angry if uh, we're, if it's challenged. Building monoliths that yeah. don't exist. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, and that's the whole point of, of us talking on the ready room and why we we do what we do because I just want to challenge those beliefs all the time. Which brings us to one of the things we talked about and one of the th the reasons that I love you and I know you've mentioned about me. I, both of us are are. are have been willing to change our minds on things. And I think that's a big part of why we, why we do this and why we decided to do this is because I'm, I'm ready to examine everything. And, and I welcome, I'm like, you know, change, help me change my mind. I mean, if you, if you think this, help me change my mind, show me the, the facts, the logic behind it, show me where, where it logically proceeds to that. And then I'll probably be like, <clears throat> okay, 
all right, let me let me reevaluate where I am. And I have done that. And uh, I mean, if I look at the person I was at, you know, 25 compared to now and what my beliefs were, I have changed almost 180 degrees uh, on many issues, maybe not on some, but but I continue to want to do that. And you mentioned chunks a minute ago the, the 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 brilliance of what the internet is, and I I actually jotted that down as a thought before before this so we we came here today, which is that's a little scary. Here, here is here is what I was thinking the other day, um, and I, I don't know what the age cutoff would be, but I think that a lot of us, and by us I mean the world. Um, is if you're over the age of about 35, um, you're probably every once in a while, you probably think to yourself, if you're a thinking person, you know, what the hell just happened, right? From about 20, and I put the year at about 2010 now, but it, obviously it started before that, but I think 2010 is when it. Where I kind of maybe it's just that's just the way I perceive it, but till now we have changed so radically, at least in in the in the Western world, but I think all over, basically the technological, internet using world, we as humans have changed so radically in that amount of time as to how we relate with each other that I think we're just trying to figure out what what what's going on and what does it mean. I don't have to stop and ask for directions. I'll never get lost. I mean, I don't. That's weird. Yeah, I used to pride myself weird. on knowing um, music trivia. I mean, I was one of the best at who sings this, and I could. I mean, I would pull stuff out of my, and I prided myself on that. But who cares now? I got SoundCloud. Oh, don't don't bother. Click, and it's going to tell me exactly who sings it. Yeah, right. And you're just like, okay, well, that's a that's a stupid. I wouldn't even say skill, but <laughs> it's a stupid parlor trick to have now because anyone can do it, right? And so, I mean, I, but the, and those are just small examples. Um, the bigger examples of how we how we can craft a world that we want online. We can, I mean, if you like if if you like avant garde um, uh, jazz, you know, from Estonia, well. You can make that your existence. Oh, yeah. It's out there, right? You can be on a million forums. Um, that's probably not a million for avant-garde jazz in Estonia, but you can be on it's a number of forums. Uh, <laughs> forums uh, and, 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 and it's it. You can be like, this is what I like. This is what I listen to. That's it, right? You don't have to turn on the radio and go, I hate this song. Oh, well, hopefully it'll play something good next. Yeah, right. you, don't have, you don't have to hit play and record on the, on the cassette deck to try and get a crappy recording of that song. You really... I mean, you don't have to buy an album anymore. I mean, as a matter of fact, you say album to some kids, you're like, a what? You don't because, have to leave your house. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's 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 amazing. And it's only going more that way. I, I think that this is an incredible thing. And I think about it often because, one, I am an old soul, I think. Um, I, I definitely am one of those people that – and I, I'm fully aware that this is not the case. But I look at – black and white images of the past with rose-colored glasses. I go, man, what a time. Look at those people. <laughs> you know, they, were, they all lived in Victorian houses and the Christmases were great. No, that's not true. And we know that, right? But I do have that. I do have those rose-colored tents. And so I have to kind of tell myself, you know, 
uh, that that the world is better. I mean, Steven Pinker says that every day. I follow him on Twitter, and you know, he's just always pointing out, "Hey, everything's better. Everything's better." <laughs> and you're like, ah, "Well, then why are we so unhappy?" Yeah. Why are we so unhappy then? You know, I mean, I'm on Twitter. You just said everything's better, and yet I'm angry. <laughs> and I'm going to be angrier when I get into traffic. Dang it. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I, this is this podcast, and I'm really on a rant now. This podcast is my way of, of, of trying to help figure that out and have other people along for the ride, right? So I want to talk about all these things. I want to try and get to truths. And maybe in the end, there are no real truths. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm usually skeptical when someone tells me there are, but I don't want to be a Luddite, right? I'm not going to be that guy that's like, get off my lawn, you kids, you know, because no, I or don't want to do that. A boomer as my daughter calls yeah, us. I, I don't want to, I, I don't want to be that. I, I want to keep going. Plus there's a part of me chunks and we've talked about it and uh, you know, that feels like I haven't, you know, that, and this is a me thing, right? I, I feel like I haven't proven myself or accomplished as much as I think that I should, at least for, from how I view myself. I look at myself in the mirror. I'm like, Bart, you, you haven't done enough yet. Uh, you have to do more. And this podcast is my way of doing that really, because let's face it. I go to a job that's highly skilled and a great job. And it's a six figure salary. Plus that doesn't even include my pension. Most people would go, Holy moly, you are successful. Yeah. You were 24 yeah. year Marine Corps. You flew Cobra. Oh my, you know, people do this all the time to me. And when I look in the mirror and I bet you there are successful people out there. As a matter of fact, I, I know for a fact that guys like, you know, Bezos or Gates probably look themselves in the mirror and go, have I done enough? Have I done enough? And that's just how we are. Yeah. Well, but that's this what is, makes this them is that my way. way. Some oh, that's fundamental true. core of how that happens. And this is it for me. So I'm like, hey, this is my way of doing that. I, I, you know, when I think about doing a, that six-figure salary job and, and getting on the, uh, you know, the, the turnpike to the Garden State every day, you know, and, and just, you know, uh, to me it feels like give – no, no, that's giving up. This podcast is me not giving up. It's me going, no, I want to make a difference. Somebody listen to what I'm saying. Somebody say, hey, yeah, hey, I feel that too. Hey, I loved what you just did. Like you just mentioned, you're like, hey, I listened to that psilocybin episode and it changed my perspective. And I, I, I want to do that. You want to do that. And I know there are millions and millions of people out there that want to do that, right? And they're like, and, and that's why some of these podcasts with these great thinkers are, are so popular, it's amazing to me that a guy like how, how many, Ming, how many listens do you think Joe Rogan gets? Right, I haven't even looked that up. Millions. I, I mean, yeah, right. he, I, I read something where he gets more listeners to his show daily than the prime time CNN, MSNBC, and Fox get combined yeah. in prime time. And I'm, yet, when I ask my my father in law, who who literally says, "Oh, these things are a waste of time," he's he's like, and I go, "Hey, do you know who Joe Rogan is?" He goes, "No." And I'm like, this is amazing. This is amazing. So here's a guy who's super influential. But but if you're not into that, if you're not part of that part of the world, you don't even know about him. Yeah, that right. could not have been a thing in 1995. No. Because you had to know about him because everybody was do had to consume that same yeah, thing. Yeah, but he would have been among a narrow band of people that got the airtime. Yep, and that's, that's again, right. the reach of the internet where you go, I don't agree with any of that. I'm doing my own thing. And yeah. I think maybe it's an age base thing although uh, because i'm always amazed at the number of people that when i come around to the conversation of participating in a podcast that's the first name that comes up yeah i mean that guy's appeal is just super broad race age sex it almost doesn't matter except maybe the age thing that that might be your father-in-law's issue i don't i don't know i don't know him but um 
that guy's everywhere, man, and people like what he says. Yeah. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah. Why are we so unhappy? I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know. But I, I can tell you this. These – all of the issues that you're touching on here, um, I see it all in my 15-year-old daughter, her life as she as she grows because I resisted giving her a smartphone, right? I did not want that influence because I knew once she – put her foot in the pool of internet information that now she's engaged in this part and and it, it's life altering. I, I myself did not want a smartphone for a long time, but when I finally got one and I always tell the story how navigating from one Southern state to another Southern state in an aircraft or in one hand, I had a, uh, a GPS with DTED overlay. So the, so the uh, obstructions were listed. And on the other hand, I had my phone with weather, and yes, it was a delayed radar loop, but we navigated 100 miles of terrible weather with these two technological implements that just five years before, I could never have done that. We would have spent the night in a farmer's field without a doubt, without a doubt. And it was all in my phone, in my hand. And so my, my point is that it's life-changing. And what happens is because our natural curiosity, we crave information. And like you said, hey, what's that song? And it used to be about the interpersonal banter. Oh, get Bartman over here. He knows about Steppenwolf. Holy – what is that, Bartman? Oh, yeah, that's their third album been, uh, you know, released in 1950. But that doesn't happen anymore because everybody's like, oh, just dial it up, man. But we always joke at the firehouse. If only we had a little box that could tell us anything we want to know. Well, we do have a little box. That's the point of the joke. And But once you – once you uh, taste that you don't ever want to give it up yeah and so what i fight my children on man we just made that cross-country drive from pa to california by way some of the greatest sites in the country uh, i'm jealous I, of that that's oh, just uh, oh man well we could do a whole show about that yeah. brother, but oh we should <laughs> maybe we should because it was fantastic but the better part of it was watching my children uh go through this experience and i said to them at the beginning go listen i'm going to try not to be difficult about your phones and it lasted about a day and i finally said put the phones down look out the window my learning objective for you on this trip is to learn how to be bored to let your mind wander and not have a stimulus at all times by way of your phone whether it's a youtube video whether it's a song whether it's just looking stuff up and i and i find and look i'm guilty of it too to be quite honest my idle time and that's why i just quit my social media uh, for the most part, except, you know, the ones I want to watch kind of what they're doing. But my own personal stuff, it's gone now because idle time was occupied with on social media. And I'm like, how does this make my life better? It doesn't detract from my life. I was not one of these guys that's just obsessed with it and living my life through it. But I just thought to myself, I could pick up a book and get four or five pages out and whatever activity I would have done scrolling through my phone. And I think a book is better for me. So my personal choice is to go back to the slower technology of print. But we live in this age where information is immediately available of any type. And so my teenage daughter embodies this dilemma. You know, I joke about she calls me a boomer and I say I'm, I'm not even a baby boomer. But in her mind, it's a mindset. It's a like the kind of person that you are and the, what did you say? A Luddite about kicking yeah. kids off your yeah. lawn, you know? Well, to her, I, that's what I am. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. I listened to Evanescence. I thought you said I was cool. No, not really. But and, and then on top of it, man, she's at the age where she's asking challenging questions. 
I mean, core questions about our religious belief and the way that we live our life. And then her views, I see the way that they're shaped through the educational process that she's going through. And it's, it's I don't want to say far apart from me at times, but it's apart from my viewpoints at times. And so, you know, um, coming up with explanations of my point of view in a respectful way that doesn't overrun her point of view but guides her yeah. you know is it it's a challenge man and it's happening more and more you know my 12 year old son who is he's a he's me you know at age 12 he, he's less of a challenge um in his own but in, challenging in his own ways but from a philosophical standpoint i at least at this point we're along the same lines and you mentioned the explosion that you know is coming with your daughter soon oh, yeah. maybe, maybe that's where he's uh on the precipice of i don't know but my daughter man at age 15 challenging me every day in a great way and it's so cool to watch her mind expand but a lot of it's facilitated by the phone that's in her hand uh and the people she's with at school but the danger that you touched on in the beginning of your um part of this conversation part is that we're withdrawing we're withdrawing from one another because you yeah. have everything right at your we're, fingertips we're withdrawing from each other but we're we're drawing together into very like-minded groups mm -hmm. um and that's there's more of that on the With way anonymity right right frank frank diana talked about this frank frank diana mentioned this he said you know hey, you can expect that we will have more <clears throat> we will be able to craft our existence tailor our individual existences more and more uh and what does that mean for us going forward i, I don't know um but i have i have had thoughts on that and so let let me let me step back for a minute. Um, when we kind of started this whole uh, strain by or this whole conversation by talking about, hey, where do we see the future of the, the ready room going? Yeah. And I. So when I talk to um, when I banter things off, you know, bounce things off my wife and and say, hey, you know, what do you think? Because I really want me and Chunks to get in the room more. I want that to be the core of the ready room. Uh, and I think it should be. Um, on the other hand, I don't want us to be just political commentators. Uh, although a lot of our conversation gets political and that's, that's fine because I, you know, I think a lot of men that, and women that get together, um, you know, po politics becomes conversation, at least with close friends. Right. Um, because as you mentioned with non-close friends, it, you, you do tend to steer away from that for the exact reasons that yeah, that we mentioned, uh, but but you, when you and I get together, there's none of that because you know I, I'll be like, well, I think this, and you're like, I think this. I'm like, that's dumb. No, you're dumb. Okay, fine. And then and so we we do a lot of that, and that's that's awesome. But there's two there's plenty of political commentators out there already, right? There, I mean, there are shows that are all you know. Hey, I I mean, you know, Ben Shapiro knows exactly who his audience is, right? Um, Harris knows exactly who his audience. Bill Maher's got an odd, and he's more of a you know an older. Uh, you know, he's mainstream media, I guess, because he's – but but you, you know what I'm – you see what I'm getting at. Yeah. You know, so they know their audience. They play to that and the audience is coming back for that. That's you know, right. And that's, and that's how you make money and yeah. that's – OK. That's fine. What I don't want us to be is a political show um, and – but on the other hand, I want us to be ourselves. And so that – gets to be a minefield, right? Yeah, right? And I'm like looking at area, I'm like, uh, well, babe, I don't know how to do that. I mean, some of, sometimes it's going to come out. She goes, well, look, I can tell you right now, and, and you know, she's wise beyond her years in that way because she goes, if you're not yourselves, then your show won't work. Yeah, that's right. And I was like, you're absolutely that's right. right. Uh, and so I'm not going to be <clears throat> turtleneck sweater guy if I can help it. Uh, and I'm not going to just steer away from conversation uh, because it might offend somebody. Now, on the other yeah. hand, I am fully aware, Jonks, 
that uh, if I make my political views known or we make our political views known on here, you know, in, in very, you know, straightforward ways, then I'm very aware that, you know, there might be folks out there who are turned off by that and or don't agree with it and go, hey, I'm not ever listening yeah, to them I, again. I, and I, I don't – I think they're in the wrong place. Well, no, absolutely. I mean we obviously we know that's the case, right? Because I, I, I listen to Michael Shermer every show and I disagree with that guy a lot. <laughs> uh, but – I like what he's doing, and I listen to him, and I I listen to every show. I'm like, well, Michael, that's that that sounds dumb. You're, you're <laughs> I'm like, you're being a hypocrite, you know, or, or oh, you just broke your own rule. You just, you know, but and then other times I'm like, hey, that's pretty smart, or that's a great question, or man, I'm glad you talked to this person. Yeah, right. Uh, and I'm just like, so I, all of that <clears throat> to say that I, I keep listening. You're right. I I agree. It, just because someone says, hey, I'm this, and I don't even think we need a label, uh, then then you, you know somebody's going to be like, well. That, that guy's, you know, at the, you know, in this case, in this day and age, all you got to do is say something that's not, uh, you know, it's not woke and you're a Nazi. So that guy's a Nazi. Okay. I'm, yeah. All right. Or fascist. Uh, you know, whatever, fascist whatever, whatever the, the, whatever the label is. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, so, and I hate it. I hate all of that. And that's part of why we're doing this is because I, we, we cannot stand that, that, that ideology that is putting people in these monolithic categories and, and then saying you, your opinion doesn't matter. Uh, because you're this. Well, that gets back to the, you know, to our very name, Bartman. And I just think about the diversity that we've found in the Marine Corps where, uh, in particular in the ready room, which, you know, to review for the, maybe the first time listener today is this sanctified area where you, you, to an extent, take off the rank and, you know, your capability as a pilot and your contribution to the ready room or your ideas. And you get what a, a guy from New York who grew up in the projects and another silver spoon in his mouth kind of guy from California and a guy from Montana that ranched his whole life in uh, southern Florida type of, you know, Miami guy. And you put them all together in a room and what do you get? banter and witty commentary and they're all you know well read and well versed because they're there they're there for a common purpose which i think is a story in and of itself how did that happen why does that happen in the human experience well it happens for a reason uh people are driven to things but at endgame bartman it's it's everyone knows you don't go in the ready room and uh and uh, and take a dump on your fellow guys. There, you you the conversation has to stay above board and it has to be respectful to some certain extent. Not not to say the witty banter doesn't become, you know, and not to say that every once in a while fisticuffs don't yeah, occur from time to time. But, but that's we are, it though. We are Marines right, after well, all. But right. Oh, yeah. Well, you settle things with fisticuffs, yeah. but you never disrespect the guy. That's, that's kind of how it goes. So, I mean, when the ass whooping happens, then well, that's then how, you that's, clean, that's typically a guy pick thing. Each other up, My wife each other says off. that all the time. She's like, yeah. If girls actually hit each other, they they hate each other for the rest of their lives, and it's like, yeah, guys are kind of the opposite. Once we hit each other, we, we're we're kind of are going to like each other. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. So, so yeah, I mean that that is what we do. So, it, do we need a turtleneck guy? Hell yeah, we need a turtleneck absolutely. guy, right? And we need a knuckle dragger, and we need as many people as we can get in here with as many ideas as we can get. And I just think that will. In and of itself, just like in the ready room, keep the conversation from becoming, um, you know, on a single track. We're just going to be diverse by the fact that we're going to bring in guys like your brother or guys like Ken yeah, I would, Cash. I, I would love to have Bill on. That'd be good. Um, oh, yeah, he's my number one. Yeah, he's uh, he's uh, here. He's busy, obviously, right now. But yeah. <laughs> we'll see what he does in the future. I, I, I 
Um, I, I know I have my hopes for what he does, but, uh, but yeah, it'd be great to have him on. I, there's a, I, I can think of a, you know, probably a hundred guys right now. Yeah. Right. Um, so all of them with great stories. And, and I, you just hit on it, Chunks. I think that if we maybe just state a position that's not, you know, that, that doesn't come from a political, but rather a philosophical yeah. place. Uh, and then, you know, if things start to, and I've, I've done this before, if things start to go off the rails, you go, ah, I think maybe we've gone off the rails a little bit on this. Why don't we, uh, why don't we Let's change direction? The next thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's fine. And Let's that, talk and about North Atlantic landings on the boat at yeah, night. That's right. It, oh, man. <clears throat> what a great, great day. Yeah. Anyone who hasn't slid off of that boat at night uh, uh, know, with, the, with the peepers, uh, you're yeah, where where nothing is then you know up and down does not matter and you're just literally staring at a gauge. It's, that's right. And everything's rocking when you go. You're just uh, it's yeah. How how it's amazing we don't die more. It's just but we're trained. That's that's it. We're well trained, and, uh, and guess what? Balls of steel. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Guys. balls of steel. <laughs> you're fucking blue water. Yeah, that's North one of those Atlanta. things that I'm just mm. so glad that I've experienced in life, where you're where you're literally like, okay, here we go. Then you slide, and those lights disappear, and the, it doesn't matter if you got the peepers on because everything's just a, some that's rainy right. green at that point. Exactly. You're like, okay. <laughs> I believe. I believe. I believe. <laughs> back me up. Back me up. Back yeah, me. Up. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, just great. That's great stuff. You know, and this leads me to another thing I wanted to talk about, which is getting people to come in here and talk. So I've I've had some great success. Um, some of the guys that have agreed to talk to me, I, I just am so humbled. Um, you know, we mentioned Frank, Diana, <coughs> you know, Matt Johnson, all, all of these guys, uh, Coach Joe, everybody that I've talked to, I've just been humbled. I'm just like, man, this is just a, this is an amazing. I'm thank you for talking. Uh, and then there, I will say that uh, in the in the background, the part that no one, the parts that no one sees, and even you haven't, because I've been the one kind of trying to get these people. Uh, as I, yeah, I've definitely been turned down a bunch, um, and it's weird because I, I guess I kind of thought that when I, at, the, at least people would kind of say, um, "Hey, thanks for for asking," um, but you know, this isn't really what I'm interested in right now. And I have gotten a couple of those. Uh, but most of the time, they just ignore you. They <laughs> just ghost you. You know, they don't even. Well, it's not even ghosting. I just, they just yeah, ignore you. Be there yeah, first. They just, they just they just turn around and walk away, which we can do because I'm you know I'm literally cold emailing these people or calling them, um, and that's that's been interesting. I guess I kind of, but the the um, uh, you know podcasting has has taken off, and so I I think that some of the people I'm calling legitimately they they probably just have too much on their plate to even answer yeah, those right. anymore, and that's fine. That's I get it. Or you know what? Probably, and this is this is the other part of it, and and again, that's why I'm not too I'm not bent about this. I just I just was thinking it might have I probably went into it thinking, no, oh, yeah, everybody will, will at least respond, uh, but you know, probably an email goes to a junk mail and they just delete their junk mail. I mean, you know, so that's what I would do. I. Um, so I think there's there's a part of that, but that was that was kind of interesting. I, I've uh, reached out. You know, you were talking about how social media has affected us and what it's doing to us. Uh, and I read this book called Super Connected, which was uh, great. It was all about how society has been shaped by social media. It's actually it's, it's a few years old now, so it's probably even uh, the author. She's probably. Um, She's probably working on something new now, uh, but she's she's up at Rutgers, and I reached out to her. She's a professor there, and I just never – I sent her a couple of emails and never heard back from her. So that was disappointing because I really, really did want to talk about that particular topic, which is, you know, how, how is all this – Maybe we should tell her I went to Rutgers. Rutgers. So, yeah. Uh, well, Maybe that will get her over the t- – get her in here. I mean, the top. 
I, I, I thought about actually just driving up there and trying to find her office and be like, hey, you know. You yeah, know right. I mean? But um, in any case, that was <clears throat> that's just one example. And, and I've reached out. I, I reached out to a guy. Um, and he's a Penn State grad, and so am I. I even mentioned that in the email. But um, uh, this guy who he makes prosthetic limbs for animals, and he is, I think, the only guy doing it. Um, and he is, I mean, the story is just, I mean, the guy's a rock star. I mean, yeah, right. I mean, who doesn't like that, right? You're helping out helpless animals. I mean, if you don't like that, then, well, yeah, <laughs> you're probably missing a part of your soul. That's very important. <laughs> So I was like, man, I got to talk to this guy, but I, I didn't hear back from him. And that was kind of a bummer because I really, that would have been a great story. I mean, he, he made a prosthesis for an elephant. Um, amazing stuff. And he's just doing it. He's just I would it love up. that being on that conversation because believe it or not, and this maybe shows you where my brain is most of the time. What's interesting to me is the growth of the medical industry and in the animal world and how vets have seemed to caught on to the idea that people will pay. People will pay a lot of money to keep their pets alive. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, and I don't, yeah, I don't blame it. If you've got the money and, and your pet is like a family member, then absolutely, you're going to do everything you can. Yeah. That's right. a different thought process from 100 years ago, for absolutely. sure. Absolutely. So, I, yeah. I, I, so, a couple people I've reached out to, and then a couple people I've reached out to have have, have, wrote, have written me great, you know, hey, thank you. Uh, this is, I, I, I think I told you about those chefs, the chef over in Doylestown that I, yeah. Um, got a great, great uh, email back from his wife, their co-owners. And he, yeah, he, she basically said, hey, we've, we've done this. Uh, we've, we've done all that, this stuff before. And, and, you know, the chef just is not, he doesn't do well with the PR thing. He's a very, wants to keep to himself. He's quiet. And I was like, hey, man, that's, that's fine. Thank you so much. Your restaurant is awesome. We'll be back. You know, <laughs> two ways about it. I had a great meal. Anyway, that kind of stuff was good. And of course, the reason I talked to Matt is because uh, uh, I reached out to his direct supervisor who had been, I think, on Rogan's show. I literally was like, I'm going to reach out to this guy. He's right down the road. He's right there at Johns Hopkins. And uh, he emailed me back and he said, hey, I, my, my plate is full with these kind of commitments. He goes, I have colleagues that are just as expert on this as me try to reach out and that's how i got with uh talking with matt and what a great great guy that is i i hope to meet him in person someday well this um, is the hope and maybe shroom a little bit <laughs> uh, but you know i and, and so <laughs> introspective uh, yeah shrooming. I'll, I'll let i'll let you know because i know that's that's you won't be, be happy to sit there in the room and, <laughs> yeah and watch bart i'm not gonna hold your and, hand and watch bart uh, go through yeah, yeah i'm not gonna hold your i hand. wouldn't want you to <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, boy, that's that. That would actually make a great episode, you know. I'm, <laughs> get away from the. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> I know I'm, I'm sitting here going, what, "What else should I say?" Probably not too much. Which brings me to my next point, which is this, chunks. And you're gonna. You, this is the part I know will fire you up. Is uh, you'd be surprised. I've actually had a couple people that say <clears> they're afraid to talk. They're afraid to talk. They they don't want to talk on a podcast. Because they're afraid of any backlash that oh, may come down. I can down. totally see that. And I've had three people, and two of them are friends. Yeah, friends. Dude, uh, I can totally. And I just see was that. like, oh, my, actually, Look at three what's of happening, them, man. Three, uh, three, three people now. I'm, I'm thinking in my mind. I'm like, three people were friends, and they were like, hey, man, I'm, I don't know about that. Uh, and and if you, they say the wrong thing, and, and next thing you know, you're, and I'm just like, <sighs> I wanted to be like coward. Uh, and, and, but then I can't, right. Uh, you know, when I think about it, I'm like, it's not, it's not counter. It's, it's a different thing. It's self-preservation. It's thinking about not just you, but your family. If you are worried that if you have to worry that you're going to lose your position, your, your means of sustenance, 
because you say the wrong thing, which is un- an unfortunate part of where we are, then then of course you're going to make the tactical decision oh to be gosh, like, hey, dude, it's all I've over the place kids. today. It's all over the place. And today. Uh, and so I don't. You will be targeted. Yeah, period. Yes, exactly. And so I don't. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think it's cowardice, but it is. It's a damn shame. <sighs> Yes, it's just so disappointing, and it's really, really disappointing when it's when it's someone you know and respect, and you're like, you know, you look at them with that sort of, you know, raised eyebrow, and you're like, really? Well, this kind of goes to the discussion about rose-colored glasses about the past. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's always been this way, but it seems like a new development to me that in America, where you write a book like this guy in Atlanta who was in the fire department and he wrote a book and they and then was fired subsequently from his job as the chief of the Atlanta a, – a chief. I'm not sure if he was the chief, but lost his job over what he did in his private life uh, in an entrepreneurial enterprise. Had nothing to do with the job, but the ideas were disliked and he was fired. And that's that's one of probably a 100 <clears throat> examples we could put out here. So it doesn't surprise me that people don't want to participate in that process, but it is and it should be um, an alarm bell to anyone who values free speech and the ideas uh, that this country were were founded upon. I mean if, if by no other way than the ideal, they exist. They're written down. They're codified as the ideal here in America. So the fact that we're so far from that. And, and hate speech and the stifling of ideas in, in, in particular colleges. High school is okay. I mean whatever. It's no, not whatever. It's a terrible thing. But college is supposed to be a bastion of free thought and differing ideas. It's supposed to be what we do here in the writing room and it's much to the contrary, man. And it's very disheartening. Yeah, I think there are people trying to uh, – that have thought and are talking about that very seriously. I think – I hope that we'll, we'll come back around. But if uh, you know, if, if, if Frank – Diane is right, then it, then it, he, he thinks it will probably get worse before it gets better. But I don't see he does, how it couldn't. But he does think it will be better eventually. Uh, but I, you, know, I you have, you have the, uh, the codified Chicago principles right now that talk about you know, exactly what a, a, you know, an educational experience at a university should be. And I think a lot of people are tra- starting to sign on to those Chicago principles principles and and take more uh but yes you do have to get around the uh the, the cancel culture and the outrage mob yeah, the cancel culture um you know the mob the the online mob uh, unfortunately and I, I i agree with the people that that say that you know both but the extremes on both sides of the political spectrum are are just that extremes they're fringe uh they 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 don't represent the great majority of of us of, of anyone really in any in any country in a um, you know, I, I guess I'm talking in terms of just Western, Western liberal democracies, which is what we usually talk about. But I, I mean, in that in that case, they are fringe, but they're loud, and then they have they have an oversized effect, and that that's a problem. And, and so you have to you have to you have to consider that. If you don't, then you're you're not uh, you're not being tactically sound. Well, a thread through today's conversation has been the reach of the internet. Yeah, yeah, and. This is an enabler for these smaller but vocal groups on anywhere in the spectrum, political or otherwise, to have a huge voice in the world and shape the discussion when you're really talking about, in a lot of cases, small percentages of people. I find that to be very interesting. The good of it becomes where um, they have a voice that gets heard. But the negative is it can bend policy in a way that is not – it's outside. Not proportional, yes. man. You know. So 
that, that's, Interesting. that's great. That's a great thought, Jones. <clears throat> I mean, that's exactly right, the way you put it. Um, you, you have to, how do you walk that, that tightrope? There have been great thinkers out there. I think Jonathan Haidt has said the same thing. Matter of fact, I thought about him earlier. He, he definitely would have agreed with you on not uh, letting your, your daughter have a, a smartphone or a device, a connected device. As a matter of fact, he thinks that she shouldn't even have one until college uh, age. Yeah, I was trying. Uh, <laughs> I really was trying. I- it's, it gets harder and harder to do that, though, you know. But, but, um, but he, he also has said, hey, this is not – I think it was Height that said this. It's it's not human nature to to walk that line. We we tend towards you know extremes of thought that that garner you know a, a plurality that that then dictate. Yeah, um, it's driven by it's, a small group, yes, but it can it's carry a large. Very group. difficult yeah. to maintain that tightrope walk. <laughs> uh, and you just said it best. Hey, we we want those. We want those small groups, the uh, the fringe elements, uh, the people that are not, you know, um, that are outside well, of the, the – yes, that's right. We want them to have a voice. We want them to be able to participate. Uh, we want to recognize their rights uh, in accordance with our, uh, our, our, our constitutions or, or whatever country you're listening in, whatever your, um, your governmental edicts are. And we want that to be the case. On the other hand, we don't – they can't have a, a – um, a political voice that is not in proportion and that that that's the tightrope walk right yeah um so i i agree with that and, and i think it it seems like we're you know at this point that tightrope is kind of wobbling and we're just kind of right. hanging on and waving our arms and uh okay what's going on here man can anyone settle this down yeah, and there's some and there's and there are people out there that just want to cut the rope too there 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 are definitely elements out there that want to see it all fall apart and uh you know, just because they, just because that's what they want. That's you know? right. And uh, and, and I, I think that's always a bad idea. But again, I'm I'm, I'm willing to listen to you. <laughs> if you can convince me, then uh, then have at right. Yeah, but right. <clears throat> uh, in any case, I th- yeah, uh, I'm I'm totally with you on this. And uh, and I would like to have more people on that that think differently than us too i mean obviously we disagree with each other on things although you know we haven't we haven't disagreed on the show really yet that badly we, we need to we need to get to that which, uh, at some point but um I, I you know that's why i keep you know i still think it'd be great to have uh have spock volker come in man because he's he's definitely thinking differently than both of us right yeah, now right um uh, but uh but he's a. Uh, He's a great American and a, and a, a warrior American. too. So, and I, I just think that would be cool to have another Marine uh, pilot uh, come in and, and you know kind of give us where he, you know, you know his view on the world. And yeah, right. Of, uh, He's putting it on the line every day. Yeah, that's out right. There, man. Yeah. Risking himself for uh, for plenty of people that yeah. he doesn't even know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I always, uh, you know, I don't, uh, you know, sometimes I see something from him and I'm like, eh, I don't know if you're, you're going the right way with that spot. <laughs> that's probably what I'm. And other times I'm like, you know, hey, that's. Uh, yeah, man, that's uh, that's a great thought, uh, you know, because I do think he's, uh, you know, the idea that one or the other of our political parties, and I guess in any country that that that, that any of those political parties have, you know, are the right or the owners of the moral, of what's morally correct is is dangerous. Yeah, well, again, you know, it's it's, it's our buzz phrase, but there are no monoliths. That's, that's right. The whole there point. are no monoliths. No, nobody has the. The cog on the whole yeah. show. Man. I just remember telling my pastor that once I said to my pastor, I was like, you know, there's a whole group called LGBTQ for Trump. And he just looked at me with this, <laughs> this look and he did not say anything. And Mind I and I thought to him, yeah, well, because I was like, hey, there are no monoliths out there. This is really it's, it's amazing what people, individuals think, regardless of their what they're born with. Their label. They're, uh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, and the that's what we, we have to get them. away. That's why I think. Um, 
This might be the first overtly political thing I think. That's why I think intersectional theory is just just dangerous to a liberal Western thought. Uh, and so many people do subscribe to it. And, and I'm just like, no, no, that can't be it because individuals are different. It, it, who, you know, what they're born with does not dictate what they think. Yeah, well, you know, we've gone from rugged individualism to uh, unify by thought, divide and conquer. And that's a dangerous place, man. Yeah. Very dangerous place. And the thing is, history is littered with examples of that and the outcomes that come of it. And somehow we're not paying attention. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I agree 100%. Um, and so that's what I want. I want us to get diversity of thoughts. Some, some people in here, uh, that might be harder than we think. Um from our backgrounds, but I, I keep, I'm going to keep reaching out to people that I know think differently and, and get them in here and have a, res, a respectful conversation with them. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, I don't, I, I really do think that the core going forward should be you and I, uh, and then we get, and then we get some guests. And I think that I really do think that between us, by the way, I just, I just reached out to a, uh, to a guy uh, who has an, an entire business right now. Uh, linking guests with podcasts that, that fit them, by the way. And Ming, I don't know if you, um, I don't know if you know anyone doing this, but this guy reached out to me on LinkedIn anyway. And I was just like, wow, this is fascinating, you know, because the, the bottom line is, like we were saying, we don't have a niche. It, it, we just want to talk about everything. Now that becomes more difficult. Um, but on the other hand, we want to talk about everything, so that that also makes it a little more easy <laughs> right. in terms of getting a guest, is. right? So I, I think <laughs> that. Um, uh, that I, hopefully he reaches back out to me. I, I, I messaged him back last night. I was like, Hey, look, this is what we're doing. We don't focus on anything. Um, but, but I would love to, if you have some people that are, are looking to talk and there's something out there that, that, that catches our, our fancy, you know, then we'll, I'll definitely reach out. Uh, I told you, I, I reached out to those guys over in Pennsylvania and, and they're, they're, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, we, we, I just talked to, uh, you know, to uh, a 94-year-old World War II vet uh, and a guy who prognosticates the future in terms of AI and uh, uh, and others, and, and then these guys over in New York, uh, they're 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 fighting historical battles with mini miniature soldiers yeah. on YouTube, and I I found their channel, and I I binge watched everything, and these guys are literally uh, doing this, and and they're they're they're, they're short episodes, you know, and, and I remember Ari was like, Man, that just sounds pathetic. I was like, I know it does, but you know, I played with toy soldiers all the time when yeah, I was right. little and so I think I just caught my attention and, right. and uh and I'm and and so I reached out to them and they were like yeah we'd love to talk to you and and the, the gist with these guys is they're they drink scotch and and they they razz each other and then they play with these toy soldiers on the table and I thought you remember because when we first started talking about this I, I don't I, I have to go over there I know like, right I was like hey kind of want to join these guys and I was like um and so I'm <clears> sitting here thinking when we first started this we were talking about the idea of a, a gentleman's society, right? The old gentleman societies, um, you know, at the turn of the century back in Victorian era, where, where literally gentlemen that got together with like minds at, at a place that was away from the home and they would, and they would talk, right? Uh, as, as, as the lines had become more blurred and we're all sort of working uh, together and, the, and that, you know, the difference between, you know, what a man should do and what a woman should do, um, you know, blends in, which is good. Uh, I think those clubs have, have gone away. I, I do still think that there is absolutely a, a time and place for uh, the different genders to get together in, in, in their own way, right? Uh, women definitely want to have their time away uh, and, and men do too. Um, and I'm sure that if you identify as other, then you probably want to get away and be with like-minded people too, right? And I think that should happen. These guys are doing just that um, a, a, a based around this this hobby that is 
obviously niche, right? I'll, I'll tell <laughs> Gr- you, grown men are too. Have not completely gone away. And so. This is this is part of what I love about where I live. Yeah, is it's almost. It's almost 30 years, 50 years in the past, and that's a lot of these organizations are still around. You dip into the back door of a you know a commercial building on the back side of the alleyway, and you find yourself in this great club where that's exact that thing that exact thing is happening, and it's brilliant. Yeah, I, I think and it the is. Beer is cheap, and the food is great, and the conversation will last all day. If yeah. you could, if you didn't have to leave all night into the morning. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so they're still out there to be had. But I do think, as we've you know not even alluded to, as we directly said, that these younger generations are so immersed in technology and so um, yeah, their communities are online. Yeah, they're yeah. online communities, yeah. and they build these personas that may or may not be who they really are. But and I lament that to a degree because you know, like my my son is a an avid um, athlete, and he goes outside and he plays hockey. I mean, hours this boy playing hockey. Not one kid in the neighborhood ever comes out. I mean, I'm and I mean that literally. Not one kid in the neighborhood comes out. I know that they're there because I see them coming and going to the bus stop, but they don't come outside. And I just wonder what the hell's going on. And but I know the answer is. Fortnite or Minecraft. Let's <laughs> gonna say Fortnite, know, Xbox, yeah. this, or whatever, whatever. thing is. Yeah. yeah. Um, but but I strive to uh, keep their aperture open and hopefully uh, show them that these uh, these forums exist that are that are exclusive of the technology and just have you know a group of like minded folks sitting around shooting the breeze and have that human interaction that cr- that generates ideas. I mean, that friction between people is what is what keeps the world moving in my opinion it's a, it becomes a motive force and i wonder how uh, you know what the future looks like um when it's all phone based i do too uh because we both have children we both think about that yeah uh, i think that's probably going to be more and more the case uh i here's here's a thought i had chunks the other day and it kind of went along with what I was talking about with how, you know, a certain generation of, uh, of, of people right now are probably trying to figure out what happened to the world that they knew, um, us among them, and trying to uh, navigate our way in that in a way that, uh, that doesn't, you know, so that we're, we're staying up, we're keeping up with it. And I thought to myself, um, the, um, the idea that you can make your existence what you want it to be using our devices, using a, an online persona, you, you can have exactly the world you want. You, you don't have to worry. You know, you can hear people that think like you, if you want, you can find exactly what it is you want to do and make that about who you're, you know, <clears throat> who you are, that online persona. And I think that a lot of people, especially, especially the younger generation, I, I think kids coming up now that have never not had this uh, are thinking, well, if I can make that, if I can make this my life, what I want online, why can't I not have that all the time? Right. Yeah. Um, so I think you become less willing to accept that, you know, for instance, government policy doesn't, isn't exactly what you want. Right. Because why, why not? I can make everything else what I want. Why can't that be the case? And I think that becomes more and more a, a thing. Um, and I think there's a huge mental stress that happens yeah. when the disparity between what you've created in your living room and what you find when you go out the door, yeah, is huge for people. And, and that that is the key, I think. And I and I, I think this is, has been talked about many times by by smarter people than us, which is that that disparity becomes less and less. There, we, the idea that you will have to continually deal with people on a on a face to face basis will, I think, become 
less important. Sure. Uh, and so we're headed that way. I think we're just seeing that collide right now, right? And and I, I don't know. Again, like you said, I don't know what that looks like for the future. Um, what I do know is that I am trying to not find myself looking at you know um, old black and white or sepia tone photographs and say, hey. You know, I sure do wish the world was like that still, right? Because I know that I won't get that, and it would be folly to think that those that those times were any less civil, violent. I mean, anything you yeah. name it, right? Uh, I I know for a fact that, that that people weren't happy with with other people throughout history, right? <laughs> um, and. Uh, and so I, I, I'm trying very hard to just keep up with how the world is changing. It's quite apparent to me, probably you too, that uh, that humanity is changing. Um, I think, and you know, with technology, you could argue. As a matter of fact, my my wife is actually studying this right now in her master's program. Whether technology is the driver or the um, uh, or following what we do, uh, in my in my opinion, right now, I, the, I think something like the internet as a technology has been a driver pushing people towards a certain thing um, you can argue mm. that other technologies become the uh, the actual catalyst for how you know and and in other in other ways humans bend technology to do different things yeah, right? maybe it's a springboard well, like I, a leapfrog I, yeah. type of situation well what my you know what what my wife said and she's studying this she goes hey I, I think both ideas that zero sum game of those ideas is wrong and that it's actually a bit of both and I was like yeah Wow, what a great answer! That's the yeah. way I would do it, right? Right. So I would say, I would say, uh, yeah, you know, I kind of see both sides, and then you know, people would be like, "Get off the fence, you!" <laughs> and you're like, "Yeah, but I see both sides. Take a side. Yeah, you're either with uh, us or against us." Only it worked that way. Right? Yeah, it wouldn't right? be so easy. Uh, and so I, 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 I'm trying to kind of <clears> keep up with that. And I read a quote, and I, I, I wish I could attribute it. Um, I read a quote. Uh, it said the. The illiterate of this of the 21st century won't be those who cannot read, or write, or add or subtract. It, it'll be those who cannot learn, unlearn, and relearn. Those will be the illiterate, and I will not be one of those. Yeah, I right. will continue to unlearn and relearn sure. as things come, and that's what uh, that's part of what we're doing here. I, I always say that the greatest gift. I got from the Marine Corps is an adaptability to change because it, it's constant. It's constant uh, in that profession where the people are changing. Uh, you, you say on a three-year cycle, but the reality is every summer you're getting a whole new crowd of guys. You're constantly shifting where you live. You're constantly shifting where you're con- conducting your mission. You literally have to be prepared to go anywhere, anywhere in the world. What do we say? Every climate place. So – and and then you know as in as they tell you from the youngest uh, 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 entry level marine a message to Garcia that nobody's nobody's giving you answers they're just telling you what they want and what they need and you have to figure out how to do it so um, those are powerful concepts man to be able to manage change and to be able to adapt yourself and and I've found that as I've gotten older you know I, probably going to go back to my daughter again when when she said to me as I listened to that Evanescence song and she told me uh, how could a boomer be so emo and I was like hmm I don't know what you just said but it sounds like a really good compliment <laughs> I come up with the times and then and then and then really as we laugh about it now but it is a compliment because in her mind it was not something I was capable of was enjoying that 
type of music or I'm not, I'm not immersed in the whole world of what Evanescence represents to some people, but I do enjoy the music. And for her, that was a huge, uh, I think, victory for me in her eyes. So emo, <laughs> if I'm correct, is short for emotional. Uh, usually applies to uh, I usually see it apply to girls wearing a lot of black and lots of eyeliner and uh, so yeah I'm still not sure if it was a compliment actually somewhere short she might have underhanded it's not all girls and the point was that I somehow fit into some modern concept in her mind you're missing the point bar man no no I caught the point I caught the point completely but um, yeah I uh (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there you go. You get Ming's got up the pictures there. Lots, yeah, lots of eyeliner, lots I mean? of lots of black. Right, but not quite goth. <laughs> just a little bit goth, right? It would be, yeah. You you could not be goth. But, but isn't this great though? This is exactly what I'm saying. Yes. How yeah. the hell would we ever know this? Yeah. Except we have a mind to want to know it, and um, hell, I forget where we're going with all that. But the point is, Bartman, that well, we're talking about re- relearning and unlearning adaptability and adaptability to change. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I thought you were going to say that other quote, though. Courage is knowing that something is going to hurt, but doing it anyway. And stupidity is the same, and that's why life is hard. I thought that's what you were going to say. That's probably my favorite. No, quote. that's a great quote, though. That's uh, man, I, I got. I'm going to have to ruminate on that. I don't think I've heard that, but that's, that's a good great. one. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, you know what, Junks? We've been going for probably about an hour and a half. Yeah. And I think that was probably a, a great quote to end it on. Say, say it again, Kurt. Courage is knowing that something is going to hurt and doing it anyway. Stupidity is the same, and that's why life is hard. <laughs> Man, I'm I'm courageous and stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we all? Yeah. Aren't we all? That's why we make good Marines. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Well, Junks, man. You know, can I just go off on one stream of consciousness, man? Absolutely. Go go off on a stream of consciousness. I'm going to sit back and drink the rest of this 16 year old scotch while you're doing it. When you're done that, then we'll call it quits. But I want to get, I want to have a day where we just tell great flying stories. Not necessarily ours, but let's get some guys in, Skype them, whatever, and just tell cool flying stories because, because they're cool and they appeal. Like people like to hear flying stories, you know? I think anyway. Uh, again, everything today is about my daughter and her influence on me. But um, they have these Minecraft theorists, and and I'll tell you if if you've never played that game, watch that game. And my daughter, my is daughter a plays wizard. it all yeah. the time. So, but the backstory behind it, the way that thing's put together, the number of people that are experts and and uh, and on YouTube and just. It's deep. It's really deep. Um, I, don't, I don't mean necessarily philosophically deep, but the, but it's a deep story that goes with that game. I think that would be an interesting day of conversation. And then yeah, – and, and, and people – I don't know. Maybe this is just me, but I marvel as I look at – as a football fan uh, – how the technology in the game has evolved. I mean you look at the – all right, here we go. I'm putting it out there. But face masks today, they're so thin. <laughs> like how did they How did they end up there? And I've, I've Googled this. Like looking across the internet, nobody's written a word about it. But the way people consume football trivia, you would think that that would be an environment or an arena somebody would want to get into. I would like to get somebody on here like a pro football equipment guy that can talk about – the evolution of football protective equipment. 
how helmets are vivant. And especially, I mean, today with the, with, it's, it's definitely a, um, I have a guy who's, the, who was the long time equipment manager at Penn State University yeah. for their football program. I would love that. Was, topic. uh, an, a, a great friend of my father's. Um, and I, Bet you he would talk with us. Yeah, and I bet he has. It's not an NFL, but they use the same gear. That's right, exactly. I think that would be an interesting conversation that people would digest and enjoy. Because I I wonder about it, and I know I'm not the only one going, what's that little patch for on the front of the helmet? Yeah. You know what I mean? All right. Well, I think I could I think I could probably set that up. Okay. I got look, I've got a million ideas running around my head for stuff we can do. So then let's circle the wagons and Start All right. prepping. All right. So uh, let's leave it at this, man. One great conversation, uh, as always, Chunks. That's what we do. That's why we're here. That's why That's I can't do. do this without you. Um, <clears throat> and uh, the ready room is you and I, even if I'm the, the one building a website or whatever. That just doesn't even matter. Um, I appreciate that. So, yeah. Uh, and I'm to, happy and proud to be part of it. Yep, absolutely. And um, so let's make that happen more often. I, I, I really do think we could probably do this every other week, including interviews. Um so we'll, we'll just, you know, we, we'll keep in touch like we always do, and uh, we'll, we'll try to figure that out, uh, how that looks. Um, we need to do a test run Skype because I think that oh, yeah, would yeah. be the enabler for me because yep. I can do that. Anyway. Easy day. No, I've already done I mean, <clears throat> Ming has run a Skype interview from here many times, and, uh, yeah, all, all you have to do is be able to get on your computer and uh, – and, and frankly, I'll set you up with a better microphone that, than you, that your computer has, and you'll be able to – it'll be great. Okay. Yep, easy yeah. day. We can do that anytime. But let's try and make it every other week. That's what I'd like to do. And uh, you start reaching out to guys that you, you want to interview, people you, you want to interview, and, and let's make that happen. Yeah, I've got a list of guys. I've just been hesitant to pull the trigger yep. for the commitment, Well, as yeah, we talked about. Don't, you know, don't, don't be. So, well, Chunks, great talk. As always, uh, the Sex Panther back in the uh, studio. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say 20 percent of the time he's always here. <laughs> so uh, that's right, that's, but that's right uh, yep. So awesome stuff, man. As always, I love you. Uh, too, can't wait for our next talk. Me too. Yep. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us here again today in the Ready Room. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. I know I did. And I'm looking forward to bringing you more of the same in the near future with intriguing and inspirational guests from all walks of life. If you did like it and you want to join us again, please subscribe to the Ready Room and take a moment to rate and review the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, your favorite podcast app, wherever it is you're going to get your podcasts. Uh, You can also find us online at readyroombrief.com. I've been your co-host, Richard Frederick, and on behalf of Chunks and myself, we really thank you for being here. We hope you enjoyed it, and we hope you'll join us next time in the Ready Room. (laughs) 